so high right now. Anything's possible. Oh my mama! Oh my mama made it, ma! Anything's possible! Rain and Jay's back with the vengeance back. All the real Celtics fans in attendance. This the truth like 34. This like walking in the garden when you hear the roars. The crowd goes crazy. Most in-depth coverage on the daily. Mainly podcast royalty, the content kings. When you talking about the franchise with 17 rings. Focus like Danny at the deadline. Global with it, got a local feel like the red line, the blue line, the green line. Play it in between time. I'ma throw my C's jersey on in the meantime and press play. When the F's done, I can't wait until the next day. Trying to stay in tune with the C's, that's the best way. Melly. Hey there, welcome back to the Locked On Celtics podcast. I want to thank you for making this show part of your daily routine, whatever it is that you're doing right now, wherever you're going. If you're listening on a speaker by the shower, through the headphones at work, in the car, or watching on YouTube, thank you for making the show part of your daily routine. I'm John Corrales. I cover the Boston Celtics for Boston Sports Journal, and I am the author of the Boston Celtics All-Time All-Stars, a book available for purchase now across the internet and on my personal website if you want one signed at johncorrales.com. Boston Celtics lose again 129-121 to the Miami Heat. This now drops the Boston Celtics down to the seventh seed basically for good. They have three games left. They are three games out of the sixth seed. Miami, New York, and Atlanta are all tied. At 38 and 31, the Celtics are now 35 and 34 after the Tuesday night games. And so, barring a miracle in which the New York Knicks lose their next three games and the Boston Celtics win their next three games, the Celtics are going to be in the play-in tournament. I don't expect the Knicks to lose three straight, but it's possible, I suppose. Uh, The Celtics cannot catch Miami. They cannot catch Atlanta. Atlanta now has the tiebreaker. Miami has the tiebreaker. So the Celtics, if they fall into a tie with either of those teams, which is the only thing they could do at this point, they uh, will fall behind them. So it's the Knicks losing three in a row or nothing. So the next Celtics loss or the next Knicks win solidifies the Celtics in no better than the seventh seed. That's a rough one, but this is the bed that they've made. You can look back over the course and and look at bad loss after bad loss after bad loss. And they have so many. The Oklahoma City loss. They've lost to Cleveland. They've lost to Sacramento. They've lost to so many teams that they should have beaten. And yeah, the season, any NBA season, is going to be full of teams that beat teams they should have lost to and, and lose to teams that they should have beat. And that's part of it. But the Celtics have just had this infuriating kind of habit of doing that. So, in today's show, uh, I'm going to get into the first segment, the game. The second segment, Kemba Kemba Walker's comments after the game, which, you know, just more of the same, but it just doesn't sit well with me. And then the third segment, the Miami Heat are what the Celtics had hoped that they would be, what Brad Stevens hoped that his Celtics would, would be. Today's episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra at only 2.6 carbs and 95 calories. It's only worth it if you enjoy it, so stay tuned for the Ultra Player of the Week coming up later in the episode. So in this game, the Boston Celtics 
came out and had a, a pretty good first quarter. It was tied after one, 28-28. And I thought, look, good start. This is, when I was talking yesterday about the Celtics, you know, no pride and all of that stuff. And when I was talking after the Sunday game about, you know, the disrespectful level of play, when they came out in this first half of the first quarter, I thought it was great. And you know what? Even in the first half, I'll expand it out to halftime because I tweeted out at halftime that I thought the Celtics played a, a pretty good first half, all things considered. Now, there were defensive lapses for sure. Miami was cutting down the middle. Anytime the ball is on the right-hand side, especially whether it was posting up Kemba or somebody in the post or driving right, someone would drive right down the middle of the, the, the floor and it would put pressure on the Celtics to either react to the person cutting um, or deal with like that person while leaving a, a three-point shooter open. It, 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 it led to some mistakes, no doubt about it. And they gave up 60, 62 points at the half, which is way too many. But at the same time, I thought the Celtics played hard. I thought they they started to correct some of the mistakes as the uh, quarter and the half went on in the, in the first half. But it started to all fall apart as they got into the third quarter, later in the third quarter. First of all, in the third quarter, I thought the, the, the beginning of the third quarter got all disjointed. There were a ton of fouls, and that killed all of the flow of the game. Just anywhere, everywhere you look, there were just so many different fouls. And I think the Celtics were getting really, really, really frustrated. Lack of calls on, on the Celtics end. Kemba Walker especially. I think, and look, I'm not one to blame the refs. I'm not blaming the refs for this loss at all. But the Celtics did have some legitimate beefs in the third quarter. I think there were some legitimate officiating beefs in the third quarter. I, I didn't understand how some of the calls that they were making were being made while it felt like similar calls were being made on the other end. And that's always frustrating as a player because you just want it to be called evenly. If something's a foul, call it a foul, call it on both ends. If something's a foul on one end and not a foul on the other, then that, that can be frustrating. And the Celtics, I think, reacted to that. And then Miami in the third quarter started to just take off. You know, you had Bam out of bio. You had Duncan Robinson hitting threes. You had Goran Dragic hitting threes. And then it became just like a three-point barrage. Those guys just could not miss at all. Uh, and you look at the box score, the Miami hit about half of their three-pointers, 53.3%. And some of these numbers, Goran Dragic, five of seven. Tyler Hero, four of seven. Duncan Robinson, five of nine. Just insane shooting numbers. And they couldn't miss. And what I said earlier was the Celtics, when the Celtics played bad defense in this game, Miami made them pay. When the Celtics played good defense in this game, Miami still made them pay. It just took about 12 seconds longer because so in the second half, it didn't matter when the Celtics made mistakes, it was instant. And then even when the Celtics did have moments of defending really well, Duncan Robinson was just hitting shots with people in his face. Drogic was getting hitting shots with people in his face. It was kind of like, you know, what do you go from here? If you're a defender, you're like, what do I do? So, and then this was all with Jimmy Butler gone after getting poked in the eye by Marcus Smart uh, inadvertently. So Miami just too good. 
This is what it boils down to. Miami's too good. Boston's not good enough. And this is why I'm going to say what I say. I'm going to say in the third segment it was like Miami has grown into a, a really good team. Like Miami looks like bubble Miami. Like they, they're peaking at the right time. The Celtics just cannot get healthy. No Robert Williams in this game with the turf toe. Obviously Jalen's out for the season. They just not whole. And I think one thing that this, this game showed me was that they might, they probably should have started Aaron Neesmith because and here's my argument for this. <clears throat> Excuse me. Kemba Walker, 36 points, 14 of 27 shooting. Great offensive game for Kemba Walker. Defensively, he got picked on. He had really bad moments, but offensively, he was great. Jason Tatum, 33 points, 12 of 21 shooting. So 57%, 5 of 8 from 3. Same deal for him, 33 points, 8 rebounds, 6 assists. Offensively, great. Defensively, hmm, had some moments where not so great. And then Evan Fournier, 20 points, 7 of 15 shooting. Just a, a, a good Evan Fournier night. 8 assists, 4 rebounds. That whole chemistry with Kimball Walker thing was really good. And that was basically it. Now Aaron Neesmith had 6 points, 2 of 3 shooting from 3. That was the that was his only shooting. 3 rebounds, 2 assists. It was like a eh night for, for Aaron Neesmith. So why am I sitting here arguing that maybe he should have started? Because Evan Fournier's 20 points, If even if he had the exact same night, off the bench, bolstering that bench unit a little bit, might have been able to, to help kind of carry the Celtics through stretches where they weren't able to, where, where, they, where they struggled a little bit. Meanwhile, Aaron Neesmith probably could have more of an impact playing alongside Tatum and Kemba, just working in their wake, working in the attention that they're getting. So, I don't know. I feel like this is something that the, the, the Celtics should at least consider. I don't know how they're going to approach the next three games. They're still a playoff team. Like, we're all coming out of this game like, well, season's over. But they're still the seventh seed. Now, the season could end quickly in the play-in tournament. But in a normal season, we'd be like, well, it's the seventh seed. It's going to be probably Brooklyn and, and Boston. And we'd be preparing for the playoffs. We'd just be... Our minds would be like, that's a tough draw, but we'd consider them a playoff team. I think because of the play-in tournament, people are like, well, that's done. You're in the play-in tournament. You're not even really a playoff team anymore. Um, it, it's still a seventh seed, and that's probably where they're going to end up. So there's there's still a postseason coming. Uh, the Celtics are going to, I think, prepare themselves for that. And I'll talk about that more uh, as, as the, the rest of this season plays out. But if, if the Celtics have won this game and there was a possibility of that four five, I think Kimball Walker would play against the Cleveland Cavaliers on the back-to-back now. No way. Don't bother. Just start Aaron Neesmith for Kimball Walker. Start Peyton Pritchard. doesn't matter. doesn't matter. Just go out there, play, win, lose, whatever. Like it, it literally doesn't matter anymore. You just got to win one more time somewhere here to, to hold off Charlotte, I suppose. But I, I wouldn't expect Kimba to play in the back-to-back against New York. Like, this is done. The seating is what it, what it is. Up next, Kimba Walker's comments. But first, it's time for the Michelob Ultra Player of the Week. Michelob Ultra, it's only worth it if you enjoy it at 2.6 carbs and 95 calories. Joy creates success. And the success and joy that we've gotten from the past few games it hasn't come from very many people. But I will say it has come from Evan Fournier, who in the past five games has shot 62%, 60, 
62.1% from the field, 61.8% from three, uh, averaging 21.2 points, 4.6 rebounds, and 5.2 assists. Fournier has snapped out of the post-COVID fog, or at least snapped out of it enough to put together a really impressive stretch of basketball. So he has been impressive enough that even amidst the Celtics' losses, Evan Fournier has been able to give us some joy and happiness and at least watching him shoot, and we can think, huh, keeping Evan Fournier would be a good idea, and maybe he could be a key piece to the Celtics' future. Are you happy because you win, or do you win because you're happy? That's the question that Michelob Ultra asks, and maybe with Evan Fournier, the Celtics can start winning and we can be happy. And maybe in the off chance that Fournier can keep this going and the Celtics can maybe win a couple of games here, maybe the play-in tournament turns into something. I don't know. Maybe that sec- maybe that first-round matchup against Brooklyn, maybe they're not fully healthy. Maybe the Celtics get some enjoyment and happiness out of this. So congratulations to Evan Fournier for being the Michelob Ultra Player of the Week. We're back with Kemba Walker's comments next. Have you subscribed to the Locked On Celtics podcast yet? You can wherever podcasts exist, and you can follow us on Spotify. I'm running out of things to say about the Celtics this season, and I think the Celtics are running out of things to say in their post-game Zooms. Now, I hate the fact that it's Zooms. This has been a difficult season for the players. It's been a difficult season for the media. I don't want to complain because it's been much more difficult for a lot of people. So, you know, I I deal with it. The media deals with it. But unfortunately, we haven't been able to talk to these guys face-to-face. And I think we're losing a lot in the translation here because we can't even look at each other eye-to-eye and, like, have reactions to one another. They can't see us. They're looking into a camera just like I'm looking into a camera right now. And they're not really seeing face-to-face interaction. And so we get a moment like this where Kemba is talking about the Celtics' defense. And here's what he had to say. How do you guys provide more resistance? It just seemed like Miami was able to get over the two games whatever it wanted and hit and they hit every shot too. Yep. But yep. how do you guys improve? We just – it's a pride thing. You know, um, individually, we just kind of all got to look in the mirror um, and ask ourselves, like, are we giving it every single thing we have on that end of the floor? Um, not, and to be honest, we're we not. We're not, not. Not on every possession. You know, it might be a few possessions. You know, it might be a few in a row, but then we take a few off. And that's all of us, you know. Um, just got to look in that mirror. Got to look in that mirror. If you really want to win and you know, take this thing to another level. That's, that's what we got to do. John Corrales. Kemba, you, you just said that, you know, it's a pride thing and you got to find it from within yourself and all of that. Um, but that is also something that's been said for a, a long time this season. How do you, how does this become different than times that it's been said in the past and, and it, has it hasn't shown up? It just has to. I mean, it's just obvious. 
just that time. That's it. That is tough, tough to hear to have a player say after the, where are we? 68th game of the season, 69th game of the season that we've just got to look in the mirror. And if we really want to win and take this to another level, this is what we've got to do. Like to say that we're not giving our all on every possession. What do you mean? You're not giving it your all on every possession. Like, what do you mean? And I, I get like, this isn't like the March madness, crazy, you know, every possession is the end of the world type of thing. I know sometimes a guy takes a possession off here or there. That's the NBA. It's actually not, it's not the worst thing in the world that it happens, but to have it be, Hey, a few in a row. And then we, we take a few possessions off. And it's like, at this point in the season, how are you, how are you still doing that? How with your season on the line, at home against the Miami heat, the team ahead of you. And you know, you need this win. You know, you need four wins in a row. You know what the situation is. How are you taking possessions off? They must look, I, I I've been at the, at the front of the line when it's come to COVID stacking up games. Um, the, the condensed schedule. I know that it's taken a complete toll. On, on this entire team, on this entire league. And so the NBA has been a battle of attrition just in general. And this season in particular is a complete battle of attrition. This is a, a, a real like survival of the fittest. And I keep throwing out cliches, but I'm sorry. It's, it's kind of what it is. And I understand that. I understand that you're, you're, at a point now where guys are just probably gassed. However, you, you know that you need this win and taking a few possessions off. Like I think everybody would rather see a few of those possessions just go all out and then ask for a sub, just ask for a sub out and then we'll do quick rotations. Talk to Brad and say, Hey man, I'm gassed, man. Can we do something? Can you give me like 45 seconds? Can I go sit down and then come back in? Can we do some quick substitutions? Something. But to go to the media afterwards and admit, yeah, you know, we take some possessions off. You know, we play hard and then we don't. And now we got to look in the mirror again. How many times are you going to look in the mirror to have this change? And look, I'm, I'm sympathetic to how hard an athlete has to work. And I know not everybody is, and you might not be, and you might be listening to me and being like, oh, here he goes again. But I am sympathetic to that feeling of, you know, I've, I've given it everything I've got. I'm running on fumes. And if that's how it's, how it is, then I'd rather hear you say, you know what, we're, we, this has been such a, a rough season that it's, it's hard. You don't, you know, we're all trying to find like the extra few drops in the tank to push through this. That's if you're going to be honest about something, I'd rather hear that than what Kemba said. And I don't know. I, it's, it's a more of a disappointing thing to hear at this point. I, I just, the one thing that bothers me is, is a lack of effort. Whenever I see a lack of effort, it really, it, it's something that just, 
it triggers me to, when I do a podcast or when I do my writing, of all the things that bother me or could bother me, a simple lack of effort is the one thing that, that just gets me seeing red because trying is the very least that we can ask a, a professional athlete to do. Try hard. And if you run out of gas halfway through the third quarter, if the Celtics are out there busting their ass for a half or two and a half quarters, and then when Miami took off, it's simply because, hey, we're out of gas. We got nothing. I got nothing left. I got nothing left to give you. Then I, all right, thank you. I, it's the NBA's fault at that point for putting these guys in this position. But hearing Kemba say that, it just, it just stood out. And it, I don't think that Kemba is a guy that doesn't want to work hard. And I, think, I don't think the Celtics team is a team that doesn't generally want to work hard. This team is full of likable guys. These guys like each other. Everybody seems to want to do well. But then they don't. When they get on the floor, they just don't. And uh, I, I understand that there's off-the-court stuff. There's on-the-court stuff. There's so many things. And I'm not going to sit here and just completely destroy this team over and over and over again because I don't think any sane person wants to go there and play like they do all the time. I know the next question after that, people would be like, well, what, what, what's Brad Stevens role in this? And I, I don't know that, I don't know that they're, they're, they're not doing what Brad Stevens wants to do. I, I understand why people would say this is Brad's fault. I totally understand it. I still am not seeing that, that level of thing. Um, but who knows? I think we'll find out more next season which is unfortunate to say because people want answers now. But the only answers we're getting right now is an answer like Kemba gave, and that, that's just bothersome. Up next, why Brad Stevens is probably jealous of the Miami Heat, or at least looking at that sideline wistfully. This show is brought to you by Built Bar. It's my favorite protein bar, the best I've ever had. And I've, you know, had plenty of protein bars in my life. Uh, I am often on the go. It's a very easy thing for me to grab uh, in an airport when I've been traveling for games, something to pop into my bag for, you know, a good protein bar can get you through a lot. And when you're in the gym, if you're working out and you want to get some protein into your body after a workout, you need a good protein bar. Built Bar is the best protein bar because it tastes like a candy bar, but it's not high in calories. It is high in protein. It's got all the good stuff you want with none of the bad stuff. Most of these flavors like coconut almond, cherry, mint brownie, salted caramel, all of those have somewhere between 17, 18 grams of protein, 130, 150, 170 calories, no more than that, about four grams of sugar, about four net carbs. That's basically the flavor profile, the nutritional profile of a Built Bar. If you go to BuiltBar.com, you can go and check out the nutrition facts and figure out which you want. They've got some with nuts and they've got some without. If you've got an allergy, you can still have Built Bars. It's all there for you. If you order today, you can use the promo code, promo code LOCK15. You're going to get 15% off your next order at BuiltBar.com. Go check it out. Get one of those mixed boxes. Try it. If you don't like it, if you don't like some of them, you just go back, get the flavors that you like. 
use the promo code LOCK15. You get 15% off your next order at BuiltBar.com. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. Baseball, obviously, in full swing now. NBA winding down the regular season, but the playoffs are going to provide some very fun gaming opportunities, and you can always bet in-game at betonline.com. Also, NHL, those playoffs are about to start. You've got UFC, MMA, non-sports things, all kinds of things. So check out BetOnline. Go visit through your laptop or your mobile device. Check out all the great sports news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. Use the promo code LOCKEDON. You're going to get a 50% welcome bonus. So whatever you drop in there in your first deposit, a couple hundred bucks, then they'll give you a $100 welcome bonus. It's all on your first deposit with the promo code LOCKEDON. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. This is your chance to get into the game as the Celtics and the rest of the NBA get ready for their playoff runs. So head on over there. Use that promo code locked on at Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. Please gamble responsibly. Be sure to follow our social channels at LO Celtics on Twitter and at Locked On Celtics on Instagram. Well, I couldn't help but think that Brad Stevens was watching this game and maybe once in a while here and there, he watched the Miami Heat execute on offense and on defense and think to himself, huh, that's what I want. It's a very Liz Lemon, I want to go to there type of feeling. Because the Miami Heat really are what he wanted the Boston Celtics to be. All season long, we have been told by Brad Stevens that the goal is to get together, play better, improve, and hopefully be full and peaking at the right time. Peaking at the right time is a constant theme. Playing better, playing well, getting healthy, and peaking at the right time is certainly the recurring message of Brad Stevens this year. And if you look at the Miami Heat, who are at one point 12 and 17, they have done exactly what Brad Stevens was hoping the Celtics would do. First of all, they're healthy. The only guy they're missing is Victor Oladipo. And if they get him back, he adds just another element of scoring and defense that is certainly going to be helpful. But even if they don't, this is still basically, minus a couple of players, a lot of that Miami Heat team that looked good in the bubble. And this is basically bubble Miami. This team is looking very much like that team that made that surprising run last year. And I don't know if they're going to make a surprising run this year, but they have a chance. And when you look at the standings, they have a chance to be in that 3-6 game against the Milwaukee Bucks. It could start shaping up the exact same way. This is exactly how Brad Stevens was hoping the Celtics season would. You know, you had the short turnaround. Both teams had the short turnaround. COVID hit both teams. Now, the Celtics are by far the most impacted team by COVID. However, Miami is fourth. So they've been heavily impacted by COVID. They've had player injuries. They've lost multiple players to more than a dozen games. But they've had some luck where they've gotten whole and they've had time to play together as a team that's whole. 
The Celtics just have not. And the, they said the stat on the broadcast, Jalen Brown's injury makes this uh, official zero games with their top seven guys. Zero. So that's Jalen, Jason, Kemba, Marcus, Robert Williams, uh, Tristan Thompson, and Evan Fournier. No games where all five of those guys, all seven of those guys have played. So bad luck for the Celtics, for sure. Bad luck. But then also bad just play, bad habits, no cohesiveness. And so looking across at that Miami Heat team, you watch the way they play. They're, they're cutting, like I said in the first segment. How many times did I just have to see a guy cut from the top of the key down the middle of the lane when somebody was posting up on the right side? or the ball was driven on the right side. They were cutting, as Brad Stevens pointed out after the game, not only were they making cuts, because a lot of people will cut to go to uh, a spot where they can get the ball. Not a lot of people are going to get a a cut to what they call a sacrificial cut, where you cut to draw a defense, and that opens up space for someone else to swoop in and cut behind you and take advantage of the defense clearing out to score. Those cuts are beneficial, and and guys don't always make those. Not everybody reads those. And on top of it, they're you know hitting their shots. They're playing off of one another really well. They're playing with great pace, handoffs, ball movement, not just up and down because they walk the ball up and down the floor, Once they're in the half court, they play with great pace. So they're a slow team, like up and down the floor, but they're a fast team when it comes to executing their offense. Defensively, they're very active. They get their hands on passes. Jason Tatum got really loose with the ball. I mean, he's just got a bad habit of doing that this year. Those guard-to-guard passes at the top of the key keep getting tipped or stolen. That Miami team, man, I'm impressed. I'm impressed. Brad Stevens is certainly impressed. This is a team that has persevered. And like I said before, Brad Stevens probably looks at it a little jealous and is hoping, was hoping that the Celtics could achieve a lot of what Miami achieved. Again, they were 12 and 17. They're now 38 and 31. So that's what, 26 and 14? Since late February, they've made up. They've made up four games. They they were behind the Celtics, and now they've passed the Celtics. Um, I, I really, honestly, I didn't think Miami had this kind of run in them, but they've now won three straight. And the funny thing about Miami is they're the only team in the top seven, Boston included, with a negative point differential. But that that certainly is misleading at this point. Their three-game winning streak is the longest in the East. In fact, one one game behind the longest in the NBA at this point. Miami looks dangerous, man. They look dangerous. It's been a tough season. It's been a tough season. (laughs) Uh, It just kind of stands in stark contrast to how poorly the Celtics play, how bad they still look. You watch Miami and you're like, wow, that that team has gone from looking like crap to looking good. Well, back-to-back games, so I'll be back after a Celtics, hopefully a win over Cleveland. Like, you got to beat Cleveland. you got to at least have some pride and beat Cleveland. 
There probably will not be any Kemba Walker in this game. So no Kemba, no Jalen, no Robert Williams, I would assume. I don't know what the Celtics do. Do they give do they give Jason Tatum a night off? I mean, maybe at that point it doesn't matter. Maybe they will lose. But the night's off. We'll see what happens uh, with regard to who gets rest, who makes the trip. I'll be back after that. So subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, subscribe on YouTube if you're watching on YouTube. I really appreciate the people who have subscribed. Keep pumping those numbers up, and we'll keep pushing this out. For the YouTube thing, we're doing it something a little different. I've been just uploading the shows, but I think what we're going to start doing now is uploading certain segments. So you can watch the whole show, or you can watch the segments separately. For now, we're trying that. Lots of experimentation coming with the YouTube channel. Trying to figure out what people want, how people want the show. What's the best way to consume it? If you have a suggestion, make a comment. Let me know. We'll try to take all things into consideration. Uh, YouTube is a much different animal than the podcast, so we're trying to approach it a little bit differently to appeal to a YouTube viewer. But if you have any thoughts, ideas for what works versus YouTube and and the, the podcast, please let me know. You can reach me through the comment section on YouTube uh, or on Twitter at Reds Army underscore John or through my website, johncorrales.com. There's a contact form there. You can anything. There are plenty of ways to get to me. So I appreciate the suggestions. I also appreciate five-star ratings and good reviews. Those are really amazing. Any sort of ratings that you can get onto YouTube, uh, thumbs up, any anything that tells people that it's good, Please do so. That's super, super helpful, especially for the YouTube channel. That's going to help let people know that this is worth their time. Also, sharing. When people ask what they should be listening to or watching, you let them know it's the Locked On Celtics podcast here on the Locked On Podcast Network.